Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. From chaos to calm in a crazy world, lining up your ducks is as simple as calling Holly Duckworth, or at least reading her book, Everyday Mindfulness. From chaos to calm in a crazy world. Right here on Business Soup, where business comes for business. Holly, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Holly, you have a program that's known as Everyday Mindfulness Show. What does mindfulness mean? Well, John, thanks for asking. This is such a great question to start the show off with. So mindfulness is the practice of being fully present in the moment with non-judgment. Well, there's a lot of definitions of mindfulness. This is the most commonly accepted. It's really becoming the the gold standard based on the work of John Kabat-Zinn. So when someone says you're not being mindful, and I've heard that of me, (laughs) I wasn't sure what they meant. So that would mean that I'm not paying attention, perhaps, or I'm not paying attention to the moment or giving respect to the comment or the environment that I was in. Exactly. Wow. They're finding a really politically correct and fun way to say, be here now. <laughs> maybe maybe you're you're there in body, but maybe your 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 brain and your spirit aren't fully engaged in that meeting or that exchange. Well, and for someone who is a multitasker, is it possible to be a multitasker and mindful at the same time? Ooh, that's a great question, Don, and one I actually haven't been asked before. I, <laughs> I, I would say yes, with the caveat that I teach what I call applied mindfulness or maybe informal mindfulness. So a person in your scenario, as you described there, who's um, a multitasker may have to find short breaks within their day to create mindful moments. So it's true, you know, especially in today's work environment, we might have 25 different windows open on our our computer, therefore multitasking, but you can find moments of mindfulness by maybe just every two or three hours hitting a little app on your phone that says, you know, breathe or center or calm so that you can honor the fact that we do live in a very business and busy environment, but we also need to take those moments to make sure we're fully present. I prefer my folks actually give up multitasking for what I call monotasking. Well, yes, it is true that if you focus on one project at a time, you are more likely to succeed than if you are going in five different directions. Absolutely. However, when you're a small business owner and or a parent, that's a compounding of the external forces. So I find it very difficult to be professional in this pandemic environment. If my kids were still young, if they were running around banging pots while I'm trying to do my radio program, it's a little tough to focus. Here's the good news, John. I think that we've all had those two or three weeks of the chaos of where does the desk go and where does the student desk go and where does the learning go? So I I think some of that, those waves have started to ease out a little bit. Some of the families have gotten a little bit of a schedule. Now, what will be interesting to see is when summer comes around and the kids have differently enabled school, 
But in terms of being mindful in this moment, I have a book on my desk, actually, it's called The Master of Mindfulness, How to Be Your Own Superhero in Times of Stress, which is by John kabat <laughs> and a group of, of fifth graders. So the more we are working together as family teams, again, however, those words are being defined for your work and your family, we can bring each other into these mindfulness practices, visioning, meditation, affirmations. You know, that we can work on these things together to help our homes become aware of the energies that we need. We need family time. We need work time. We need private time. And mindful practices, when done both as individuals and as families, can help us be stronger in this time of transition. You're talking about one of the subjects in your book is going from chaos to calm. And I've seen a lot of people having to deal with the chaos of having to maintain work in the best way they can with the kids running around. And I think one of the best quotes I've seen was that the teachers lied. My kids are not a joy to have around all the time. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite was they were removing their, my kid's a straight A student at XYZ school bumper sticker off yes. their minivan. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of moving from that state of chaos to calm, another tip that business owners or parents can use is those five minute mini breaks. And I talk about seven practices to be a mindful leader. And for some of us, it may be just that simple act of setting an intention each day. And the, the book, Everyday Mindfulness, really does help people understand the power of an intention. So an intention is how are you going to set your energy in motion? And in a time like this where we're so compressed, we're thinking, do, 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 do. And I, in a mindful paradigm, invite people to think about be, 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 be. How are you going to be in the doing? So we have a practice in that book where every day we say, what is my intention for today? Peace, joy, love, calm, ease. And then utilizing that word as kind of a mantra. <laughs> when the chaos rears its head, you can go, wait a second, what did I say I was going to be today? I have in my window some coloring mandalas right now. And the word I have is hope. In the calm, hope, hope, hope. And just breathe into that space and you can do it one or two times as the, the Zoom phone calls are going off, or but consistently practicing, going back to how do I want to be in the doing? How do I want to be in the doing? Interesting. My thought process in trying to be mindful here is, is it best to schedule my time in such a way that between, say, 8 and 8.15, I'm going to be professional? And from 8.15 to 8.30, I'm going to be a parent. Do I isolate myself and be specifically focused for a predetermined period of time? Boy, if life worked that easy, wouldn't that be so awesome? We could just flip the switch on and flip the switch off. Um, mindfulness is practice, being present in the moment with non-judgment. This taps into that second piece of the non-judgment piece. We're going to invite a state of grace when those moments flow in and flow out. So I think we can live in the the dream state of 8 to 8.15, 8.15 to 8.30. But then there's also this practice of being present in the moment. Okay, I, I start my professional mode. I might have to wrap that up at 8.07 to be in <laughs> flow with my kid, you know, at, at 8.08. <laughs> and then step into parent mode 
Well, in the case of being a small business owner, if you have a storefront, you are juggling not only the books, but you're juggling the employees and their relationship with the customers, if it's face-to-face, when we get back to that point. In order to be mindful in a chaos, I'm trying to come to grips with how do I get that mindfulness when I have all of this push and pull happening concurrently? One principle of mindfulness is it's done unto you as you believe. So the reality is our thoughts are things. So in societal consciousness, in in our awareness, we've created an awareness that says, I'm a small business owner, I'm going to be in chaos. I'm a small business owner, I'm going to be overwhelmed. And in my consulting and coaching practice, I work with folks to go back unpack where that belief is that says we have to be busy and overworked and reprogram that belief to say, I am peaceful. It is done unto us as we believe. So if we be alive, believe that as a small business owner, we have to create chaos, then we actually create that sense of overwhelm. If we come to our businesses reprogramming ourselves to believe that we can create businesses that are easeful and effortless, you'll be surprised how that energy around you actually transforms based on that deeper belief that we may not even know that we have. You describe some of these in your book, Sell More, Stress Less, how you came up with 52 tips. I haven't figured that one out. In this environment where ourselves, our businesses, our life, our society has been robbed of our life from this pandemic. All of this stress has been thrown upon us. As a business owner, in your book, Sell More, Stress Less, how do I get to that point where I can sell more with less stress? That was a fun book. We actually just released that right uh, before 2020. It came out on International Salesperson's Day. And this was my first co-author collaboration where I worked with a gentleman named Eric Szymanski, And he was the director of worldwide sales for Walt Disney World Resort. And as you can imagine, that is a fast-paced environment. And so he literally felt like he had given up time with his kids and his work and all of that and was stressed and overwhelmed and had sacrificed that for a life he really loved. And he met me and, and I was really working to integrate more sales success into my company. So I coached him on mindfulness. He coached me on sales. And we started to see the overlap that uh, right now in this time of pandemic, we risk what I've called a human capital depreciation, that we literally are going to burn out our people if we don't find mindfulness moments, if we don't take those opportunities to breathe. And I, I love your, your frame of your question because you talked about, well, people have been robbed of their life because of this pandemic. That actually references back to the comment I made before, it is done unto us as we believe. If we believe we've been robbed, then we're going to come at this experience, whether it's three months, six months, or 36 months, from a place of victimhood mentality. I would invite our listeners to explore how could we look at that belief and transform it into something more positive? What if this experience was the opportunity for us to release, instead of being robbed, we're releasing this life that maybe we just did because we thought we had to. And we open to the possibility of creating a new world where we were more connected, more calm, more creative and able to 
sell more and stress less. That belief system becomes the foundation for our sales life as entrepreneurs, our ability to spend time with our families, that there's no doubt our hearts are hurting right now because we're missing the Olympics, we're missing sports. In many cases, we're maybe missing relationships or sales that have discontinued because of this. We can continue to put our focus on those things that we've lost or a mindful leader, a mindful sales professional can get back into this present moment, breathe in, breathe out and start to set a new course. And I love your question about 50 versus 52. We really wanted the Sell More, Stress Less book to be a resource for sales professionals who are busy, overwhelmed, maybe a little ADD, to not have to sit down and read a 100 or 200 page book in one setting, but they could read two or three pages each day and return to that intention, return to the belief, and reframe a positive mindset. So that book is actually, it's 52 and then it has a little bonus where you have a story to inspire you to keep this new possibility versus pandemic mindset. It has a thought-provoking question for each day to help you think about how you're reacting or responding to your customers. And then it has a mindful affirmation, a short, positive, present tense statement to keep you focused on selling more and reducing your stress every single week of the year. So the sell more, stress less is really based upon just take one tip. All you do is read one tip per week. Then you've read the book. Takes you a year to read the book, but you've covered all 52 tips. Just like working out in a gym, you build your body muscle. This helps you build your sales mindset muscle. Our guest here on this serving of Business Soup is Holly Duckworth. She is a multi-author, and she's also the host of the podcast Everyday Mindfulness Show. And as we are learning about being mindful and going from chaos to calm as part of one of her books, what I have found in a lot of my audience, as well as myself, being small business owners, is overcoming fear. Fear is the greatest motivator that we have. Fear of loss is perhaps the greatest. When I was growing up as a cowboy, people would say, well, weren't you afraid of getting hurt? And my response, even when I was young, was that if I was afraid of getting hurt, I wouldn't ride them. Same thing with being an entrepreneur. You step outside that comfort zone, overcoming that fear and the fear that is exuded by others around you saying, oh, well, you will fail. How do you advise people that come to you and they're trying to get out of fear? If I'm thinking I'm going to fail by going out into this business venture, expanding my business, then that will be my destination. How do you deal with that? John, what a great question. Another word that I use a lot is a statement I call, what you visualize, you actualize. If you are visualizing the loss, the stress, the overwhelm, then that's actually the seed, like you're putting in in the soil, that you're going to grow in your life. If you start to visualize what you want to have happen, the new customers that are coming into you, the new products and services that you can offer, you actualize that experience just as if you're planting that seed in the soil. And what's tricky as small business owners is often we plant that seed. Okay, I want to have a SEO-based business. Boom, you plant that seed in the soil. And then you get three months down the road and it's maybe just starting to have that seed come up. You're just getting your first contract signed. And then you grab that and you 
pull it up from the soil. Oh no, this isn't working. I want to change this way. I'm going to add a new product. We don't often leave those seeds in the soil enough to grow and flourish. In the case of an SEO business, you know, you just get that first customer and then you go, oh no, I don't actually want to offer this product. I want to offer that product. That we have to continuously visualize what we want to have actualized. And that's another little mindfulness tip that some of you may consider using is every morning, if you have that three to five minutes, you could set your intention for the day. Or if that doesn't work for you, you could have a little visioning meeting with yourself and literally play the movie in your mind of what you want to have happen this day. And it's really unfortunate in this condensed time of pandemic. Unfortunately, many of us are rolling over for the day and going, oh my God, it's you know day 82 or whatever. And we're already setting that seed of negative heavy energy versus maybe rolling over in the morning and saying, okay, if what I visualize, I actualize. Today, I'm gonna visualize picking up that phone, that Zoom meeting, connecting to my ideal prospect and having that conversation that allows me to have that particular contract, or I'm going to enroll somebody in my course, I'm going to write an award-winning screenplay. I'll I'll tell you, this actually works. Um, I do it a lot in my business. When I first started my business eight years ago, I wasn't anywhere near the mindfulness path I am on now, but I literally printed out blank contracts. You know, we all have that contract template. And I would sit there and I would ask my intuition voice, okay, who is it I want to serve and how? You know, I want to do a keynote speech. Okay, how much do I want to be paid for that keynote speech? And I would write all those organization names, all of the services I wanted to provide and the price. So I literally made pretend contracts, put them in my desk drawer, forgot about them. Five years later, I moved offices and I found every single one of those contracts and I had done every single one. I'd work with every single customer. Some of the, the dynamics of the contract were a little different. I made a little more money or I offered a little different service but every single one. What you visualize, you actualize. And that's one great way to get over fear. We're talking with Holly Duckworth. She is the author of Sell More, Stress Less, as well as the host of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. You talk about in your book about creating better sales questions. Come on down. Let's make a deal. How are you going to restructure better sales deals? Right now, we've been watching a lot of the different sales conversations, commercials, change online and on our media. And you might have had the lawyer that was out there, I'm the strong arm and I'm going to you know, really attack and win versus now his ads are coming up a little more ears on heart. So the, the questions are, if you're in an accident and you have a, a legal question, we're now available for you 24-7. There's two parts of the sales discovery process. And one is the actual words you say. But in mindful sales training, we actually talk about that it's also the words and the way you say them. And right now, the way you say them is more important in many cases than how you say them. And it's been six or eight weeks in this pandemic that we were, some of the early conversations were people in absolute outrage. How dare you attempt to sell to me right now? I have no money and I have no this. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even able to consider buying right now. I'm so busy setting up my home office, so busy trying to take care of my employees. And it's interesting now as different places have closed and different places have opened, the willingness for people to have a discovery sales question. I will tell you, John, I am signing more virtual keynote speeches from my home office now 
than I would be if I was out on the road because I'm able to put my ears on my heart to listen to what a training director, an HR person, a meeting professional or a CEO might be needing, maybe what a small business owner needs, and then customizing keynote and mini training to their needs. Mindful selling is not always about the product, but it's about how you have a relationship with that person purchasing that product. Very interesting. So you're approaching the sales indirectly through a more emotional approach, understanding who your customer is, and then being able to structure that in a win-win situation. Absolutely. We're, we're looking for mutually beneficial fit. The one that comes to mind that's doing that is Google. They seem to know everything I'm talking about or looking at, and they are directing ads at me the way I, they think I want to see them. Technology has empowered us in the good, the bad, and the evil ways. How do you work technology into the sales presentation that you're trying to get personal with me on selling me something? How does technology fit into that narrative? I love that you pick Google as a case study here. Google is one of the most well-known organizations in the mindfulness space. They founded one of the first mindfulness institutes. It's called the Search Inside Yourself Institute. And there is a book written by Chade Meng Tang called The Search Inside Yourself. So for any small business owner out here who's listening going, oh, I can't do that. I'll tell you, if the super heady engineers and engineering executives at Google can do it, you should give it a try. How that relates to the technology is, I believe, a yes and. Yes, we will obviously continue to use our technology and we need to be able to utilize our mindful, intentional intelligence as well. That there will be an intersection for that artificial intelligence that you talk about with the intuitive intelligence to deliver products in the future. There are some things we know we're just going to buy online and we don't necessarily need the interaction of a sales professional. But then there are other items where we really do want to have a sales discovery process. Is this the right product or service for me? And I'm coaching and mentoring some organizations right now in the, the travel space. And clearly this is a space that's just control, alt, delete, reboot, blue sky of opportunity for hotels and airlines and travel. And this particular organization is working on an AI interface where you'll actually go in and you'll answer questions about, do you like to travel and learn about food or indigenous cultures? Do you want to stay in five-star resorts? And they take all of that and then the algorithm comes out the other side with, you should take a trip to Bali. But it's a combination of that algorithm and the conversation with that travel expert that's going to match you with the best travel experience for you going forward. It sounds like you're describing a scene right out of a Schwarzenegger movie with virtual reality and artificial intelligence where you can take a vacation without leaving the chair. <laughs> oh, John, I'm smiling and laughing. I have a flip chart here on, on my wall. My business partner and I are working. This is actually, we're recording this on 
National Tourism Week, and I know we'll re- be releasing it in the perfect time. And we're actually working on a program we're calling Virtual Mindful Retreats. And we've been playing with it conceptually that seven continents, a continent a week, um, how can you do a virtual travel? And I am absolutely not saying this replaces travel, but we demoed it two weeks ago. We decided we wanted to go to the Louvre in Paris. We did the tour. We saw the Mona Lisa. And then a few clicks later, we actually had the ability to go up in the Eiffel Tower and look out and see the views. No, you don't feel the cool wind in your hair like I did when I actually went there. But in a world that is differently enabled right now, the more that we can continue to connect globally. While it may feel like we're in a movie, this is the movie of our real life and we're going to have to integrate that human connection with that tech connection. I would be in favor of that technology in the instance of swimming with the sharks. I love that idea. I have no desire to go in a body of water that something could eat me. I'm a freshwater guy. I've never been bitten by a catfish. Well, Holly, I want to thank you for being on this serving of business soup. Holly Duckworth, the Everyday Mindfulness Show. Check them out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com, as well as go to Biz Soup, the one source, the only source that my listeners, the small business owners, need to use. That's bizsoup.com. Holly, thanks for being a part of Business Soup. Thank you, John. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.